Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on July 10th, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can go to our website, smlutheran.org. There, you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to support the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find options of how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Jan Rood with the Gospel reading. The Holy Gospel for this day is found in the Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter, beginning with the 25th verse. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. That parable that we just heard is one of the most well-known, I think, in the New Testament. So much so that we even have a good Samaritan law in our country which provides protection to those who come to the aid of helpless people. In some ways, that familiarity presents a challenge because it makes it easy to assume that we all understand the full meaning of the parable for our lives. One very personal way to break that open is to ask, who do I identify with in the parable? In my case, an honest look at who I am often leads me to see myself in those two religious leaders who walked by the victim lying on the side of the road. From that perspective, then I hear the parable as a call to not only open my eyes and ears to the plight of needy people, but to change my way of life so that I don't resemble the priest and the Levite who failed to show mercy. When I go further and see myself as the Samaritan in the story, then I take it to the next step and remember that every person in need is my neighbor. 
But for me, the parable is broken open even wider when I'm able to see myself as the needy person in the story, the one who's totally dependent on the mercy of others. In that case, then, it's no longer about resourceful me reaching out to help them, but about me as a vulnerable human being who is dependent on the compassion and the generosity and mercy of God expressed through the words and deeds of people who reach out to me. As I thought about that this past week, my heart was filled with gratitude for people who have done that at every stage of my life. They have showered me with mercy and they have shown me the beautiful diversity that shines brightly in Good Samaritans throughout the world. One of the first people who came to mind for me is Ralph Hankey, my seventh grade Sunday school teacher. About midway through that school year, my father died of a heart attack, and I clearly needed the love and the mercy of people in that very tender time. It was Ralph who kindly invited me to go with him to the father-son banquet at our church that spring. It all seemed very natural to me because he did it in such a way that just made me feel like I was a treasured companion. I didn't know at the time that Ralph's son had died in a motorcycle accident some years earlier. When my mother shared that story with me, it made me even more appreciative of the quiet and the gracious way that Ralph included me in his life. In the years that followed, as I made my way through junior high and high school, there were countless others who showed mercy to me in life-giving ways. One of them was my Aunt Clara, as an older sister in a family of nine children, she had provided a lot of care for my father when he was a little child. And all of that love and attention got passed on to me then at a time when I truly needed it. Along with my mother, she affirmed me during those teenage years and inspired me. And with my uncle Wally, she made her house a second home for me in every way. And it all seemed so natural to her. It, it just carried me through those years in ways that fill me with gratitude today. As time progressed, those bearers of God's mercy for me became more and more diverse. And my memories of that last week took me to Madagascar, where I landed as an English teacher in my early 20s. My main interest in going there was to return to my childhood home and the fact that I had no training at all as a teacher was not a deterrent to me. I'm sure that was very obvious to the Malagasy students who looked to me to help them pass the English language requirements that they needed for academic advancement. But supporting me rather than judging me was what they brought as gift. They helped me to grow and to learn as I went and they also filled my house and my life with joy and laughter. It's something I remember every time I look at the picture that I took of a few of them that's in our fireside room at St. Mark's. That's the kind of generous hospitality that I experienced several years 
later again when my wife Linda and I went to live in a tiny village on the Adamawa Plateau of Cameroon. We were there to learn the Baya language so that we could support the efforts of the Cameroon Lutheran Church to increase adult literacy and to equip people for leadership in their local congregations. Our host family in that little village included a mother named Martha, who knew right away how dependent we were on her for so many things. Even our basic need for water was in her hands. In the early morning hours, she and other women from the village would walk to a stream and then return with large basins of water on their heads to supply the needs of their families. We were like babies, really, when it came to the language and to the knowledge of so many things that were important for life in that unique setting. But Marta drew near to us, and in her loving and merciful way, she mothered us into new life in her community. In truth, I have been needy in every stage of my life and ministry, including my time with you at St. Mark's. I am not self-sufficient, and often I am not prepared or equipped to serve in a way that's needed. Among the countless people who have shown mercy to me, I thought last week of Roy Concilio among those who I have met here at St. Mark's. As a gay man, Roy had prepared himself for pastoral ministry in the church at a time when the doors were still locked to that, and support was very, very hard to find. Thanks to Dick Moe, who also joined St. Mark's in his later years, Roy was given the opportunity to serve in various roles at Pacific Lutheran University. But the church remained closed to Roy, and he grieved that loss throughout his days. My indebtedness to Roy comes from the way that he graciously helped me learn at an important time in my ministry what it means to see and acknowledge the hurt that people have experienced within the church and to commit ourselves to God's work of change and reconciliation. In my own need to learn and grow, Roy is also one of the many people who taught me how to die. When he learned that his illness was terminal, Roy allowed me to be a companion to him in ways that touched me very deeply. Days before his death, he gave me the communion set that he had kept as part of his own preparation for pastoral ministry. And I have used that for every communion visit that I have made since then. It always brings to mind the love and the mercy of God that Roy shared so freely. So on this day, when we all hear the familiar parable told by Jesus, I invite you into a time of gratitude for all of the good Samaritans who have shown mercy to you in times of need. Let your heart overflow with thanks. And then, with all of us, welcome the commission of Jesus to go and do likewise, knowing that it does come with an edginess that can't be overlooked. 
we may end up reaching out to people who are already close to our heart, and that is all good. But the parable teaches us to see that neighbors in need may also include people who take us far beyond our own circles of comfort and familiarity, and even beyond the barriers that we have of our biases and prejudices and fears. When that happens, when we are moved in that way, we know that we are being transferred, as St. Paul says in our second reading today, from the powers of darkness in this world into the reign of God's beloved Son. It is for this that we are made, and it is for this that I give thanks today. Amen.